I used to be an attorney. One of the last cases I was trying to help this lady get custody of her kids from her ex-husband. And after we met, she said, I like you so much better than my last attorney. He just wanted my money, that Jew. Mm, I'm Jewish. I didn't say it out loud though because I really wanted her money. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Legally Crazy. I am your host, Dean Masello, along with, as always, Michelle Sheets. My life partner and wife partner, Michelle, Dr. Michelle Sheets. Yes, that's me. Michelle, uh, we're we're churning out about one of these every six months. (laughs) How can you keep up? We're, you know, it's it's a really good strategy to maintain and build an audience. Yeah. So, I uh, I want to record every week, but every now and then I'm really motivated to record, and that means I really get you into gear. Yeah, you kick my butt. Yeah. So right now we're recording uh, on a snowy day in New York where you're working from home. Yeah. So you know, when doing therapy, many people are less interested in having a phone session or a Skype session. So I have many less patients today. Many fewer. I don't know how to properly say that. Right. But most of your sessions are in person at your office. Of course. Yeah. So right now we're recording in between sessions. Right. Oh, yeah. Just for the record, we still have twin girls. We still have them. They're about 21 months. Much to your surprise, they're still alive. Still alive. We'll just announce that every week and uh, every six months. And we usually record at like 11 p.m. when you're falling asleep. Every week. So everyone, get ready for a Michelle who's just really on it this week. I'm on it. Um, we may or may not be drinking bourbon. May or may not. Probably not. But no, Michelle, uh, with um, the recent mass shooting, just off the top, I don't like guns. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion? Um, yeah, I don't like them. However, I also don't feel strongly about them. Well, before we go any further, I've never shot a gun. I shot like a BB gun or some sort of air rifle or something, but not Mm -hmm. a gun. And I've never been at a range. But I remember when we were dating, you told me a story about about a boyfriend who took you to a shooting range. Can you uh, summarize your experience? Yeah. So I say I don't feel strongly about guns, but apparently I, I do on some level. I went to a shooting range, an indoor shooting range with a boyfriend who owned a gun. He really was into guns. He wanted to know if I wanted to go one time. And I'm like, yes, I'm open to new experiences. I would like to try it. I'd like to see what it's like. And uh, he went first. So I saw how it was all done. And then it was my turn. And I shot it once and just burst into tears. And then he's like he kind of like forced me to shoot it again, not like kind of in like a way to help me get like pushed through it. And I shot it again 
And then I, I was just inconsolable. And I was so surprised at my reaction. I mean, the main thought going through my head was anyone in here could shoot anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then when the gun was in my hand, it was I could turn and kill everyone in here. And so and I have two thoughts on that. Um, one, uh, just to get ahead here, I did. Um, I collected the stats from just a week of gun deaths in America just to compare it to the mass shootings. And, you know, because people focus on the mass shootings, but there's right. gun deaths, hundreds of gun deaths every week in the U.S. And there was at least one death at a gun range in that week that I looked mm. at. It was under investigation, presumed to be accidental. Well... Honestly, it was such a weird experience. You're so close to the person next to you shooting. Yeah, it's like being in a golf range, but you're shooting. And I've never been to a golf I've range. I've hit people <laughs> with golf balls at because I'm really bad at golf. <laughs> and I've hit people. You have to be really bad to hit because basically the ball goes sideways. Right, you're supposed to, it's supposed to go straight yeah. ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, similarly with the gun. It's supposed to go straight ahead, not to the side. And obviously... That's what happens 99% of the time. But yeah, there's just these partitions, it seemed. I mean, my memory might be foggy. Maybe it's Was solid it? walls. But it didn't, it seemed very flimsy. And, and your other thought, though, to me, we've talked about this before, maybe on this podcast, is, and as a psychologist, you know, you can talk about this more, but we all have unwanted thoughts or intrusive thoughts that bother us. And living in New York, the classic example, and I know you've talked about this before, is you're standing on the subway platform and you, someone walks in front of you and you just have the thought, I could just push him right. in front of the train. Yeah. And so you, when you're holding a gun, you can have a similar, again, unwanted thought, like I could just shoot anyone in here. Right. Well, like I said, that was my, I think that's what, why I was sobbing. Um, you it didn't was, like the power that you had. I Yeah. I didn't like it at all. It was so scary and unnatural to me and I would have thought I would have loved it right that sounds awesome to have that power in theory but when I was in that situation I guess I was just really overwhelmed okay so moving on okay only because we I have so much I want to talk about okay. um <coughs> but uh so what the reason why I, I the the main reason why I wanted to do this episode is not to talk about guns in general, but I c the only time we talk about guns, we as like, uh, w let's just say uh, United States, is when there's a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation dies down until the next mass shooting. And right. until that happens every day, which actually by definition, there are mass shootings almost every day, but a mass shooting is like, I think it's two or more or three or more at a time. Oh, but we're okay. talking about like the double digits, the Columbines, the Newtowns. Okay. You I know, see. the big leagues. Okay, so double shooters. digits. But every. But go ahead. I just wonder if those shootings happened in impoverished areas, would they receive the same. I, I don't. I'm not familiar enough with all the details of the shootings. Um. I feel like they were all in either like middle class or upper middle class areas like where people didn't expect it. Like that was part of the horror and the terror of it all. So I think that is 
and if I don't know how to label that or whatever is like a, a kind of a good explanation of why it causes us so much fright or fear because um, all right so just to kind of frame it if you look at uh, on a week-to-week basis or even day-to-day you can look at the stats in two different ways 90 people about 90 people die every day from guns Wow. but in America in America but about 50 to 60 of those are suicides really there, there's actually a database where every time there's a shooting and it's deemed to be a homicide or a possible homicide. It goes in this database. So okay. anyone can look it up. Okay. And so what I found is the week I looked at, um, about 230 people died. A few of those might have been suicides. That's why it was reported in the database. So this in, in one week? In one week. In seven days. Seven days. But wait, 90 people a day are dying. So Sorry. that's where I was confused. So it's really about 30 homicides a day or murders a day. Oh. And then about 50 to 60 actual suicides from gun. Oh, so the two what, 230 a week is just homicides. That's just homicides. Oh, so there's okay. like 200 to 250 gotcha. murders a week from guns. And that's for the purpose of this discussion. The, you know, suicide by gun is right. a different discussion. Right. And to me, that should be enough to keep the conversation going. We of shouldn't course. have to wait for a mass shooting. And Absolutely. I think you were you were actually kind of on the nose is where I'm getting at is the, whenever there's a mass shooting, it seems more unpredictable, more like terrorism where we anyone could be a victim. But right. when it comes to day-to-day violence, it's usually someone you know personally. So, you know, a mass shooting is often, well, if it's at a school, it's like a student. But a lot of it is completely random. Mm-hmm. Like the Orlando nightclub shooting although that guy had apparently been to the nightclub a couple times. Right, that's you could still say random, though. Very random. Or Vegas. Right. And the other reason that you were getting at that's accurate, that reason why we don't really care about the day-to-day shootings, is that a lot of it happens in impoverished neighborhoods, in the inner city, or in rural areas, like rural Texas, rural North Carolina, rural Alabama, and I actually Louisiana, right? I thought like Louisiana yeah. kept coming up on your list. So here for this one week that I looked at, which by the way was like February twenty sixth to March third, which March third is my birthday, by the way. Happy birthday to me! I actually think during that week, March third was the least amount of murders. That they were all they were all celebrating, celebrating my your fortieth birthday. birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to me! So I'll just give you the maybe the top ten for that week. So February twenty fifth to March third. There were 232 deaths. Overwhelmingly, they were murders. Possibly about 25 of them were cops shooting in self-defense when they were trying to take someone in. Okay. Coming in, number one, is Texas, 25. Wow. And then a big drop-off from there. Pennsylvania was 15. California was 14. And then you have Louisiana was 13. Missouri, your mm-hmm. home state, Michelle. Yeah, the show-me state. Was 11. Michigan, 10, Arizona, 10, South Carolina, 9, Ohio, 9, North Carolina, 9, Mississippi, 9, Florida, 9. Hmm. Um, and then it drops down from there. So, but what I do notice, though, is on a case-to-case basis is that, and I already kind of knew this because I was a public defender, but, you know, it's, it's the Violence in the inner city is such a complex issue. You know, you have lack of resources, mm-hmm. lack of upward mobility, lack of jobs, you ha- and, and at least sure. a lot of um, black market business, drug dealing, et cetera. 
And without, if you're, a, if you're in the black market, you can't resort to the police for your protection. So you have to provide your own protection, which is guns. Yeah. Very complicated. But to me, the reason why it doesn't garner the sympathy or compassion that mass shootings does is because most people don't relate to it. Like, well, that can't happen to me. And it's, I think people want to separate themselves even more by saying it's almost like a you deserve it. Right. Because you're, you're it's thugs. Yeah. Because you're a drug dealer or a prostitute or whatever illegal thing you're engaging in. Um, you know, it's and without thinking, obviously, about the larger picture of why people are in these jobs. Yeah. And it's just so dismissive as to the lack of choice and opportunity that these people have and how they're basically kids who are driven to that before they even really have any choice in the matter. And so if you have no compassion for the deaths and murders in, in the, either the inner city or these rural areas, and you just really don't understand the predicament that they're in, um, and the helplessness uh, and the lack of free, to free will that these kids have. Go ahead. So one, one thought I have about that, though, because there are people I've met who... I or people I know who I think are kind people and I've been surprised to hear obviously it's kind of normally racist views but I think there's sort of a thing where it's a way to protect oneself so you don't have to feel bad because otherwise you would feel so sad for all these people who are dying so if you can marginalize the people who are killing and dying it's a way psychologically to protect yourself they're not the same goes back to <laughs> I think what you and I often talk about how people who are depressed often see so much of this stuff in the world um, and see the world actually more accurately than people who are not depressed people who are not depressed have sort of a rosier picture of the world and that's protective and adaptive but people who are depressed tend to just see it all and take it all in and I understand that just like now that Trump's president, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I don't have the energy to keep up with who all of the like White House, uh, posi- like what do, what do they call it? The positions like the cabinet positions and mm-hmm. like, you know, no, when most through most presidencies don't right. know who the director right. of the FBI of is. Yeah. And most people are too busy either, you know, with their jobs, taking care of their kids, everyday lives. Right, like right now, deal with that. I can think of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and I would say, like the press secretary is someone most a lot of people know, but I am someone who just hardly knows. You shit never about knew this who stuff. the press secretary yeah, was. Never. Who was before Sarah Huckabee? Um, uh, Sandy. Uh, uh, oh God. Spicy. Spicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sandy. We know both Spicy. press secretaries right. from the Trump administration, which. You and I are so usually caught up in I'm our everyday lives. Right, that like in the way I'm just so yeah. self-involved that I'm not thinking about that right. stuff. And so, and so, in that regard, I can understand why most people don't get up in arms from the week to week, day to day gun shootings. But those who are uh, our elected representatives, that's their job. Yeah. And so that's inexcusable on their part. And, but, I mean, again, they, they, you know, uh, elected representatives don't care about uh, 
either the rural or the minority vote because in a lot of districts it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And God, we could keep talking about this for so long. I'm going to move it on to the next issue, Michelle, that I want to talk about um, okay. in terms of the gun violence. I'm excited. The next obvious statistic or glaring you know, statistic in gun violence is that it's almost all men. It's almost 100% men. So, like I said, I, I took down all of the statistics for the week of February 24th to March 3rd in which there were 232 deaths. Now, uh, in a lot of these deaths, um, the suspect was unknown. Oh. And I actually was like, wow, I probably, I bet a lot of these are cold, become cold cases. Uh-huh. It's just some random shooting in the inner city, huh. yada, yada, yada. But out of all of the cases, let's take out the cop-related shootings, in which, again, there was uh, 21 cop-related shootings. Out of the 200 and... Out of the 200... 32 okay and let's take out seven possible suicides so around 200 okay out of those four women four were the shooters four women were shooters 196 men mm-hmm. <laughs> so which i don't think surpri- surprises anyone no it doesn't it should but it's just indicative of well of course a woman want to do that right but but of course it doesn't have we, to be the case right as a man Who's never actually even been in a fight? Now, I, I, I did in self defense rescue a couple friends from a fight that they were in, but I've never I've never punched anyone. Again, he's an unsung hero. An, um, and I used to protect victims of domestic violence, is what she's referring to. Okay. Um, but and I'm also very masculine. Uh, and not everyone will understand this. I, I, I used to play football, basketball. I could dunk a basketball. Mm-hmm. I could bench press 350 pounds. I could run a 4 five forty. I should have played professional sports. <laughs> Michelle is laughing uncontrollably right now uh, because it's pathetic how much this stuff still actually means to me. But it doesn't have to be. It's, it's a male. Like so some people say guns don't kill people. People do. Uh, but if you're going to take that, the the actual more accurate statement is guns don't kill people. Men do. Yes. Yes. And as parents of two little girls, I want to fucking do something about that. Um, because like I said, people, every day I'm out with the girls, people are giving me advice on how to protect them from men already. Right. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have to think about how to protect them from men. We should, there's a way to make men less violent. There's a way to be masculine without being violent and aggressive and mistreating women. And it's also really sad that it's sort of said in a way that's like sweet. Like, ah, your girls are so cute. You really need to get them a big brother. (laughs) So he protects them as sort of like some sort of sweet, nostalgic thing that women are these little vessels that need to be kept and protected and men need to you know put their arms up and fight for them and it's said in this sweet way and I I think it is genuinely meant that way when people say it you know and when they're on the street you know they're just being friendly but it's sad that all of us get that it strikes a chord in all of us like that that's just gender norms and that's just how it goes and we all play along and i I think about the advance of technology so you know we started out with guns that 
you had to like it took like a couple minutes to reload and now we have nuclear weapons that could literally end civilization and there's definitely biological difference in strength and agility between men and women because of sexual selection or survival selection or whatever yeah, hormones make a difference you know men have bigger bones thicker okay. bones bigger muscles but because of technology it's possible that everyone who could afford it will be wearing like military grade exoskeletons uh-huh. so penny and Clemmy will be walking to school in these metal exoskeletons which will make them as powerful or more powerful than every, any man and so if you take technology where it's going eventually gender won't matter and on a lighter note it makes me think of a movie that we both get a kick out of where a guy was wearing like a him and his sister were like really close and he's like exoskeleton and he like had like a turtle exoskeleton oh yeah what was that oh uh welcome to me no that's a diff i think that's a different one and there's also one of the uh who's johnny drama in um that show um right (sighs) it's his brother not matt damon matt someone we'll figure it out but the guy is pre- he's like pretending to be a CIA a- agent. Oh yeah. And he has a coffee yeah. cup that says like CIA. Yes, it's that's an amazing movie. As if you were a CIA agent, you would be freaking <laughs> like, on the coffee. That's the joke. But then in the end he actually is or something. I don't remember. But I think the way technology is going in a way, I think technology can possibly solve problems, but then it also creates. And so in addition to everyone wearing military grade exoskeletons, I think one day science and technology can create non-lethal weapons that could subdue a threat where we don't have to kill our threats. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the way technology is going. Even now, I think of the way that some police departments are using either tasers or um, there's beanbag guns. And there's this video, and you could look it up. I think it's Lubbock, Texas. There was uh, a man who was in like a Walmart who was wielding like a sword or a knife. And he ended up outside, and the police were called, and he was wielding this giant knife or sword, (laughs) and the police were called, and they surrounded him. But about two or three of them had these beanbag guns, and at least one or more had actual guns in case they needed to use it. They started with non-lethal force, or at least the most non-lethal, for lack of a better word. The least lethal. (laughs) They started with the least lethal force, and so... If you could s- subdue him with a beanbag gun and you don't kill him, he could. He someone in that scenario is likely to be suffering some sort of either temporary break or some sort of break, and he doesn't deserve to be murdered. He should be subdued and then treated. Right, of course. And so, after a few beanbag rounds, they they actually hit him in the midsection, knocked his wind out, or they hit him in the like throat or possibly face. But either way, they subdued him. He didn't die. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, I um, I actually, we're not gonna solve this this week, but I have a really? list. Really? <laughs> maybe not. Damn um, it. Maybe we should do this every week. We'll just talk about gu- guns every week until the problem is solved. Okay. Or until we die, whichever comes first. Okay, I'm down. And so, uh, I have a list on how to reduce gun violence. Okay. From least likely to occur to most practical. Oh, if I that see. That makes sense. Okay. So how do the best way to reduce gun violence is to expel men from society. Okay. But it's not likely to occur. That's true. Okay, that's so that's the example. Least popular. Yeah. The least 
practical, let's say. Yeah. If we can't expel men, the, the best way to reduce gun violence is to repeal the Second Amendment. Okay. We're not going to repeal the Second Amendment. Okay. The third is to repeal the case, the Supreme Court says case that says individuals have the right to possess firearms. Okay. The next best way would be um, we could wait for science and technology, like I was saying, to create non-lethal alternatives to guns in which mm-hmm. guns are unnecessary. Okay. And then the, the most likely but worst way to reduce gun violence is gun control legislation. Because <laughs> I think as long as most these... Most likely but worst? Most likely but least effective, okay. let's say. Most likely to happen but least effective is okay. gun control legislation. As long as the guns are out there... I don't think legislation is going to make a big difference. Anyways, that's the list. Got it. In, in short, I'm not a big believer in gun legislation, but at the, sa- at the same time, New York City, which has very strict gun legislation, and obviously New York is a state, not just a city, but it's one of the biggest states in the country, if you include New York City, which you should. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when I, Like I said, there are states like Missouri, which... 11 people died in that week. Uh, Louisiana, 13 people died. Michigan, 10 people died. New York had six deaths that week. Right, like you have to look at, so of course, I, I don't know with Louisiana, but I know with Missouri and Michigan, of course, it, they're talking about St. Louis and Detroit and these impoverished areas, and they have, they're helpless and they're hopeless. And I don't, <laughs> I understand, I don't blame them. I don't know what I would do in that circumstance. Right, no one can say but um, it's funny we didn't even talk about school shootings, but I'll just I'll just preview this the solution. Dogs. We'll Dogs. talk about that next time. Next time. I'll just close on this in focusing on the deaths that are in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a common theme and it reminded me of uh, the movie Friday. Okay. And there's I can't remember his name, but he's a comedian. There's this like almost like the climax of the movie when his son is about to take a gun to a fight. Okay. And he was like, basically like, real men don't need guns. All you need is these. And he's holding his fist up in the air. Okay. And that seems to be a very accurate hope in the inner city. And I'm going to read, this was a grandma who, who had um, a grandchild who was murdered. And uh, lots of children died, by the way, by murder this week. And none of them deserved it. Mm. Lots of minors. She goes, there's been so much death. I can't even cry anymore. I'm young. She's the grandma. I'm young, but after you witness so much death, you can't even cry anymore. And then she reflects as uh, on how much the neighborhood has changed. She's like, when I came up, we fought in the streets, but we lived to see another day. These young people are fighting behind guns out here now. To me, that's Friday to a T. And hmm. that Friday was like 20 years ago. And that's still the case. I wish I remembered that movie a little better. Oh, it's so hilarious. Really like commiserate with you right oh, now. Friday is so good. And then, but it's not just that. Uh, there was another case, and and hopefully I'll, I'll try to end on this, which involved a love triangle between a hedge fund manager, very wealthy man, and um, a woman he was having an affair with, but she tried to leave him, Uh-oh. and she was dating a guy who she was living with, and the hedge fund manager... Uh, she was living with him? She was living with her now boyfriend. She left the hedge fund manager. Okay. So that relationship was over. That relationship was over. In fact, she had a restraining order against the hedge fund manager. Oh, boy. Okay. He showed up to the house where the guy and the woman were living. Mm-hmm. And 
he pretended to be a package delivery guy, like a UPS guy. Yeah. Drew the guy to the door and then from the front porch or whatever, outside the door, shot him with a shotgun. Wow. And murdered him. Jesus Christ. And he he's a man who has so everything sad. in the world. And again, this is where I go back to and this is where I'll try to close. Guns are an issue, I think, with humans, but at this point in our society, it's a male issue. And from my experience as an attorney in domestic violence, research I've done in talking to you, it has to do with insecurity. It's either men who are alpha males who at some point the rug is pulled up from underneath them, or it's men who are not alpha males. They're They're not stereotypically masculine, and they feel insecure about it. They're prone to violence, but also the alpha males are like this guy. He's like, I'm a hedge. He's probably like a high school quarterback, hedge fund manager. And he can't handle that this woman left him for a male who made less money. I do think this is for another episode where we talk about gender roles. <coughs> we will. We'll leave it there. Michelle, any closing comments? I think we've covered it all. You know what my closing comment is? What? I love you. I love you too. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good week.